Hello, welcome back. Uh, I'm Al Adamson. I'm here with Sanya Lucina. Sanya, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, so I'll just uh, provide some context. Um, we're going to talk about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, this is a personal matter to both uh, Sanya and myself. I have lived there. Uh, for two years, lived in Kiev, and Sanya has. Uh, uh, Sanya, I'll tell your you you tell your story. Yeah, you know, I um. So, for those of you who know me, know this. For those of you who don't, um, I'm from former Yugoslavia. I was born and raised in Belgrade, and um, my family and I left in 1992 as a part of the war that erupted in in former Yugoslavia. So. Although no necessarily direct ties to Ukraine, um, certainly very emotional ties. Um, and my heart goes out to all the people. And thank you all for having me here to, to discuss this incredibly important topic and, and see what we can do. Well, you know, um, well, thank you for uh, being vulnerable and, and you know, offering your perspectives, insights, ideas, data. Um, and these voices, these comments from survey that you have done there at Question Pro. But before we get into that, I just want to call out something that we talked about right before we got on, is that we uh, both kind of agreed that there's some kind of imposter syndrome. Like, who are we to talk about something that's happening so far away? And in your case, literally halfway around the world, given that you're in Buenos Aires, I'm in Santa Cruz, California. Um, but this is something that is critically important for all of us from a humanitarian perspective, but also uh, from a business perspective. So, you know, with that staging, you know, I, I get uh, heartened by those who are in Ukraine right now who openly state that, hey, we want to hear from more people. We want more voices brought in. And that's what we're going to do today is bring in more voices, Sanya's voice, my voice, and those that we've captured, um, you know, through this uh, survey. Please, uh, you know, what's your feeling about, you know, speaking up and inviting others to speak up as well? Yeah, and I'm sorry, like with <laughs> the craziness of the world, you know, by now my, my internet is um, not always in the best mood. But um, I, I was here when you were talking about the imposter syndrome and I mentioned on, on my post on LinkedIn that last time you and I talked and you asked how I was, I mean, <laughs> you and I have talked, I don't know, like hundreds of times at this point, and I'm always in a good mood. I'm always like, you know, it's rainbows and unicorns. And I'm an optimist and I just broke down crying um, because there's so much emotion and there's so much desire to help. And as I was preparing the data and doing the research with my colleague, Tim, and talking with you about it, I just... Every time I look at the news, every time I look at anything that's going on, I just think like, who am I? Who am I, you know, sitting in my warm home, feeling secure to try to even pretend like I know what it is that people are going through. And, you know, I, I mentioned I, I left warmer Yugoslavia. I was 12. I was fortunate I had somewhere to go. Um, and many people don't today. And so for me, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, I feel like I know what people are going through, but what I can say with my whole heart 
is that we've got to find ways to help. And Al, what you and I talked about last time is that today it's tragedy and it's chaos. And most of you know what we're looking at is financial support and and safety and food. And I'm so hopeful that the conversation is going to turn at some point and some point soon. Um, but the people, unfortunately, will still need help and it will be different. And maybe yeah. it'll be a little bit more of where you and I who study future of work and, and everything that relates to that influence and capacity and happiness um, will be able to step in more. But even though it's maybe not our area of expertise, I want to feel okay, and I'm trying to feel okay bringing the best intentions and saying I would never pretend like I know, but with all my heart, I want to help. And so it's a tough spot. It's a tough, I've never, to your point, like I've never felt imposter syndrome in my life. And I'm a female president of a business, like I've gone through, I've, I've had so many times when I could have felt it and I could have been really strong and there's nothing like this today. But we'll fight through this because I do believe that if every one of us has a desire to do something and help and do something differently, that we will find a way. That it, it doesn't matter how deeply we've experienced it. What matters is how deeply we care. And so with that, <laughs> apologies for all the emotions. But <laughs> and no apologies. Uh, I think uh, Zelensky has done an exceptional job in highlighting the power of vulnerability. And I think that is something that we all need to summon courage around, no matter where we are in the world. This affects us all. I'm a little, um, I'll just say it, I'm a little irked by some of even my friends and people in the United States who are, oh, that's over there. That's too bad. I uh, hope they figure it out. When in fact, it's not only a humane thing to get involved and contribute and stay informed, it is going to fundamentally affect uh, the economics, thus the talent market, thus you know the way we live and work for the foreseeable future. I mean, this is a seminal event in our lives. So I would hope that our discussion today and other discussions like it ongoing is, is not just about watching the news. It's about, you know, how to actually help the refugees, mm -hmm. help those who are displaced uh, economically by their work. You know, what can we do to truly be a global community? If globalization is a good thing, you know, wh what does it look like to be a global neighbor? So with that as a staging, I mean, you and I can wax on this, you know, for hours, but I know you do have some data that you want to share from those who are actually in Ukraine right now. And if you would maybe share a little bit about how this was collected before. Yeah, absolutely. So one of our, you know, big connections between you and me is that we always have these burning questions and usually they're a little um, more subtle and work related, but um, at Question Pro, we do have the ability to connect with people from across the world through through our platform. And so um, working with my colleague, Tim Cornelius, he was just brilliant that he launched the study. Uh, Sandy, just uh, uh, cut out right there. As we're waiting for Sandy to come back, I want to encourage you, uh, and I can show a couple ways that you can help. Uh, the reality is that there's a lot of means in which you can contribute 
uh, to humanitarian organizations and, frankly, directly to the war effort by um, by uh, transferring money to the Ukrainian state bank. Um, I will post uh, some links in the comments once we finish this broadcast. And by the way, Sanya has bounced out and she's going to come in in a second. Uh, I also want to shamelessly highlight that a friend of mine, and this is um, true of many people, they're artists. So if you can support Ukrainian artists, uh, their paintings, their photos, uh, whatever they're creating, that's a, a means in which to get money directly to those who need it. Uh, it's been well advertised that if you can buy an Airbnb in Ukraine, you'll be supporting the families that own uh, those properties. So there's a variety of ways that you can help. I'm Ashton Kushner, and I'm I'm going to mess up her last name. So I, <laughs> um, Miley Kunis, um, have raised, I think as of yesterday, $18 million with a goal of $30 million. I'm sure they're over $20 million now. So if you haven't seen what they're doing on social media, um, specifically Instagram, um, then you'll follow Ashton Kushner. I can't believe I just said that <laughs> or, or, or Miley, uh, because I, they do have uh, and I listened to it yesterday, the means in which they're allocating the funds uh, is very clear. Uh, they're partnering with the UN um, humanitarian organization. I can't remember the name offhand, but you get the idea. Uh, if you're going to contribute, you want confidence that uh, money is going to get in the right people's hands. And uh, you know, I feel really confident that what they're doing is, in fact, uh, going to do that. So we got Tim. And so, Tim, I'll, I'll bring you on. And so how are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Good to meet you. I'm doing well. Now, now, where are you based? I am based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. All right. Hey, well, um, thanks for jumping in. And as we broke, um, we were uh, talking about the impetus for this and how the data was collected. So you do mind you know, providing a brief overview of that? Sure. So the, the data was collected using um, Question Pro's audience. Uh, which is individuals from around the world. We have access to around 30 million individuals. Um, of those, around 10,000 or so are from Ukraine. Um, so we are able, the impetus to start the survey was to really understand, you know, what are the individuals, um, how are they feeling, what is changing over time, um, as well as, you know, how can we help? Surveys are a direct way of directly incentivizing participants. So we wanted to make sure to, to, to pump money into um, the respondents that we can um, right away. So I was, that's, that was the impetus to start it. And so the, these people uh, who are responding are doing so because they want their voice heard. Is that a fair statement? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's they they really want to be heard about how they feel about, you know, work, um, personal issues, family staying with them. Um, I know we asked some questions about whether evacuation was going to whether people were going to evacuate, um, how serious they thought it 
it was it was around the world. Um, so we made sure and asked uh, and balanced by age and gender. Hey, Sonia. Oh my God! When did you lose me? No. Don't worry about it. We're all caught up. So, but we're ready for the data. So, I mean, I've created like a a very long drum roll. So, you know, if you have uh, insights and perspectives, go ahead and I'm share. I'm so happy that Tim is here and to see his face yeah. because he's the guy always providing the data. So it's it's incredible that he's in the spotlight. So I'm not sure what Tim had filled you in, but Tim was the guy that I was mentioning earlier. Is um, the brilliant person that allows us to have access to all of this data. So we started the study on, on March 3rd. We've collected data from over 800 Ukrainians. Um, I copy and pasted all the data here to troubleshoot to have less technical problems, but I didn't troubleshoot the right ones apparently. Um, so we asked a number of different questions first to understand the situation. And this is one, um, maybe next time, now that I'm going through it second time around, I'll be less emotional about it, is we asked people if they're contemplating leaving Ukraine and 20% 20 um, said yes. And to me, this was, um, it just really jerked my heart because that's, you know, in, in life, we decide to make tough decisions, we decide to make tough changes but we decide to do people are not deciding this is something that they have to react to a situation not plan for it not do it because they think it's you know oh, i love it here but it's for the better future it's literally for their own life and so one of the things that um tim was so kind to do is that we were looking at data Uh, long but we're not a huge difference in our people looking at different reasons like well, it's it's easy to do so um but that's staying relatively how long they think the war will last and many people are still um it's changing a little bit but you know, hopefully that that optimism um, will help through the challenges, the tough situations, um, saying, you know, it's this is awful right now, but we're hoping for a near end in sight. And then one of the things, Al, you and I talked about is the support and who's providing support to who. And um, what we found here is the family was by and far, you know, the one that was showing up the most. And that's probably... You know, in this case, maybe obvious because you want to take care of your kids, you want to take care of your parents, um, but it, it, it showed up the most. And then we saw friends come in um, second with really strong support. Neighbors, a little bit less, although still um, quite a few people seem to, you know, be coming together, probably trying to figure out how to get out of cities. And then one that's maybe even a little more relevant to the work you and I do, and also, um, you know, looking into the future as employers. So we're seeing that, although not as much as family or friends, which is maybe to be expected, employers are showing up for their people and the support is useful. Um, there's still a good amount of people that didn't receive every support from their employer, that it hasn't been very useful. And I think that that's 
probably in big part due just the current situation in organizations, you know, whether they're inside of country, outside of country, just saying, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to help. But that's why I think this conversation is so important because I believe, I want to believe that we're going to be able to step in even more now, but especially after this like imminent danger subsides and people have feel safer um, and are looking for work that we're going to be able to really step up and say, we're showing up for you and we can help. That that's going to be our moment to make the biggest difference. And then government um, showed up as, you know, said that their help has been used and military has shown up in a, in a, we also asked, um, you know, there are many people who are wondering now, like, what is the way that I want to donate? Where do I donate? What do I do? do and seeing that this is again from the individuals on the ground donating to providing human um got ranked number one by the most donating to this number two which you know we very much related to the previous data and people saying that their help was useful and then the government and then finally purchasing products directly from ukrainian people or small businesses and we you know we've seen a lot of you know, recommendations to book Airbnbs in the news, to buy from Etsy. Um, it didn't rank as high as other options, but it's because not many, not everybody has access. Not everybody has an Airbnb. Not everybody has a small business. So it doesn't mean to still not put funds there. But if it's somebody is thinking about a general, more global way to help, donating organizations to providing um, humanitarian aid seem to be really the ones that are having the greatest impact. Um, and then I'll go through the data because I know we don't have a ton of time. Once we clear it all, we'll pause for discussion. Ah, has anything about your employment changed? More than three quarters of the people said, yeah. <laughs> Am I surprised? No. Am I devastated? Like, I mean, absolutely. And that is a huge change week over week too. That's something where we're seeing that actually even more people in the last few days um, said that it's changing than, than last week. So again, is there a lot that we can do immediately? Um, I think we can probably get more creative and think about that. Are we going to have a lot of work to do um, once things settle down? Oh, absolutely. Because if you look at this, that almost, almost everybody's job has been impacted. I think it's just absolutely incredible. Um, we got hundreds of open-ended comments and all of them were in Ukrainian. So again, thanks to my good friend Tim's advice, I went through and I Google translated a lot of them. Um, I, I picked out a few like that, you know, resonated with me. We could spend a lot of time, we could spend all of our time going through and, and, and they're just heart-wrenching and they're eye-opening. And it's that raw emotion of, you know, people that are there just saying, you know, everything has changed. I, I lost I lost my job, my company closed. Um, there's fear, there's stress. I don't go to work. I'm sitting in a shelter. I became a soldier. Um, there are no products like this one I put in, like everything, like everything changed. Like that's probably the, the best summary maybe somebody could give. Um, like <laughs> the, what changes that I cry every day. Like, um, so anyways, there is a lot of raw, raw emotion. Um, there is a lot of you know this war impacted everybody there's so many people looking to leave um almost everybody's employment situation changed and where do we go from here
Um, there's so much to touch on, um, but from a perspective of our audience, which is primarily US-based or Europe, but primarily uh, North America, you, what would be your advice to leaders, managers? Is this something that should not be brought up in discussion? Is somebody else's problem? Governments are taking care of this? Or is this something that as a responsible leader, do you feel should be acknowledged and maybe addressed on an ongoing recurring basis? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's important to be acknowledged because I think that something could happen to all of us and it doesn't have to be this and it doesn't have to be a war but you talked about vulnerability of leaders and support of leaders before and a war is a huge thing and a war is something that gets picked up by the media many people go through health crises many people have family crises this one is big at scale and these individuals didn't have it coming but i think addressing this one is important for the situation that it is in Ukraine. But two, it'll also be very indicative of how a leader is going to treat a situation if something happens to me. Mm. Like for every single employee, for every single individual, it doesn't, what if I show up tomorrow and I lost somebody in my family? What if I show up tomorrow and I'm ill? What if I show up in any unplanned event in my life? How we talk about this, I think is indicative of the people that we are. We live in an increasingly global world. I don't think there's many degrees of separation even between a lot of people and them actually being directly impacted. But if we don't ask someone, if we don't create that space inside of our organizations, we might not ever know because not everybody feels comfortable enough to raise their hand and say, I have a friend who's there, or I have a family member, or I have whatever connection that is. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be first or second degree if it's impacting you that way emotionally, leaders need to be able to create a space for people to feel open talking about it. We should not leave it on people to raise their hand. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is, uh, again, referring back to Zelensky and how he has grained, gained the favor of the Ukrainian people and respective people uh, around the world is showing up and being consistent with communication and caring openly and you know having that power of vulnerability where it's not you know asking to feel sorry for oneself it's hey this is happening this is our brass tacks reality and for us to move forward successfully we need help and so i for one am doing what i can uh to heed that call and you know hopefully many others both individuals and business leaders will continue to do uh, you know, heed that call. So, I mean, we'll, we will, yeah. we will see. Um, I know uh, final thing from Mike's side and we can wrap up. It's exhausting. We just coming out of the pandemic, you know, there, there's been uncertainty in all our lives. We're just, we're exhausted. And this is now coming at an exhausting time. So we have to keep going. So, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm rooting for all of us and especially those in Ukraine and those uh, refugees who are not native Ukrainian, those uh, brown skin from Africa and Indian other have been treated unfairly at the border. I think we can still root for Ukrainians and, you know, pray and work for their independence while also acknowledging the inequities that are happening and the injustices that are happening as people are trying to exit. Yeah. So I just want to call that yeah. out as, 
as well. Well, Sanya, th thank you again for uh, sharing, being you, being your awesome self. And uh, we'll have to continue this discussion in you know, the days and weeks ahead. So I look forward to that. So you be well in the meantime, all right? Thank you.